listen here, dude, this is the Hulkster, and I'm on the PCGCCK1 show. Don't tread on America. Let's do this, brother. All right, guys. Welcome to, as Hogan just said, Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q, and today is January 16th, 2022. How's everybody doing today? Today's show is brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right, that great supplement company right here out of the free state of Florida. Check them out. Use the promo code at the bottom of whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. And on that note, please make sure you share the show with your friends and your family and like-minded and even your unlike-minded friends. You know, we have some of those people that listen to this show too, and that's fine. This is fine. This isn't news for one side or the other. This is news for Americans. This is don't tread on America. Not don't tread on Republicans or Democrats or Libertarians or anyone else. It's America. We all in this together, okay? Because the stuff that this idiot president of ours does affects all of us, whether you guys want to admit it or not. We are all in this boat together. We need to row in unison. All right, a couple of topics today I want to touch on is Russia and the Ukraine, and then uh, China and the Olympics. If you guys didn't know, the Olympics are right around the corner, the Winter Olympics. And then I got a little something on the news of the obvious uh, segment. And then, what in the hell's going on in Australia? I mean, guys, I know I have a few people that listen to this show from Australia. Um, please, the, the folks that are listening to this, whatever part of Australia you live into, I know this isn't the whole country. I know it's certain areas of Australia, but please, if you could enlighten me, go to my... Uh, Twitter account, DTOM underscore 1775, that's the show's page, or my personal page, PCGC underscore 1775, uh, or you can go to the website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com, and on Facebook, DontTreadOnAmerica, and whatever avenue is easiest for you to do, if you guys in Australia, if you could please just drop me a line, let me know, so give me some video, give me some audio, give me some news clips, anything that you're able to share, and... And help me help the rest of the world and the rest of this country try to understand what you guys are going through and what happened. So, because I have a feeling this country is trying to go in that same direction. And I know I for sure don't want that to happen. All right. So, Russia and the Ukraine. So, on the last um, show, we, we touched on this a little bit about what, what could could come, what's been kind of going on. And uh, so this was a, a blog I found, and this has to do with the uh, the U.S. NATO rushing Russia meetings that they had the other day. Um, no one's really talking a whole lot about this, um, and it's it's concerning because not only do we have an issue with with Russia and Ukraine, which I know some people could say, what does that have to do with us? And I get it. What does that have to do with us? But much in the guides of World War II, what did Germany going into Poland or going into these other countries have to do with us, right? Um, if it's not one country, then it's another, and it's another, it's another. Um, you know, the same thing with China and Taiwan. Now, I'm doing a little research on that um, because it's an interesting story to tell as far as China and Taiwan, so I'm not going to really dwell into that because we're talking about Russia and Ukraine right now, but same situation. You don't think these countries 
Russia is Russia, right? China is China. They they do what they do, <laughs> so to speak. Now you got North Korea launching missiles again. Why is that? They didn't do this shit when Trump was in office because he would talk to them. He was a communicator in chief, not a bumbling idiot in chief. It's like I told Chris today when we were at the gym this morning. I told him I had IBS. And he's like, well, IBS, you know. I said, irritable Biden syndrome. You know, so <laughs> that's a trademark. Uh, don't trade on America. So anyone out there getting ideas and making t-shirts, we're working on that. You know, they had the Trump derangement syndrome, right? TDS. Well, I got IBS. There you go. Anyway, so in the late 1990s, the U.S. military industrial uh, media complex lobbied the Clinton administration to extend NATO. The sole purpose was to win more customers for U.S. weapons. Russia protested, which, of course, I, I can kind of see why they would, right? Uh, if you're going to sell weapons, why not you buy them from us? Or why sell weapons at all, right? It had offered to integrate itself into a new European security architecture, but on equal terms with the U.S., and the U.S. rejected it. It wanted Russia to sub subordinate itself to U.S. whims. So let's put it in, in layman's terms. Basically, Russia was being insulted by the U.S. Now, I'm hardcore U.S., so yeah, well, fuck Russia, right? I get it. But you got to understand the, the severity of that. That's like going into someone else's backyard and telling them you're going to paint their house for them. And they have no choice in the color. Okay, I mean, you know, it's that kind of a situation. At least, I guess you could say, Russia wanted to be to a part of it, be on equal terms with the U.S. And the U.S. like, nah, we ain't having that. So since then, NATO has been extended five times and moving closer and closer into Russia's border, leaving Russia a very large country, as you guys are well aware, with many resources outside of Europe's security structure guaranteed that Russia will try to come back from its miserable 1990s and regain its former power. In 2014, U.S. sponsored a coup against the democratically elected government of the Ukraine, Russia's neighbor and relative, and installed its proxies to prevent an eventual integration into Ukraine into NATO, Russia arranged for an uprising against the coup in eastern Ukraine, as long as the Ukraine has an internal conflict and cannot join NATO. In 2018, the Trump administration withdrew from the Intermediate Range Nuclear Force Treaty, which had been created under President Gorbachev and Reagan, to eliminate nuclear missiles in Europe. Now, the U.S. made plans to station new nuclear missiles in Europe, which would threaten Russia. These required a Russian response. Meanwhile, the U.S. and other NATO states have deployed significant training units to the Ukraine and continue to send weapons to it. This is a sneaking integration of the Ukraine into NATO structures without a formal guarantee. In 2021, the U.S. started to make noise about alleged Russian concentrations at its western border. Those were groundless allegations that Russia's was threatening to invade the Ukraine, which was begging to enter NATO. The purpose was justified in further extended extension of NATO and more NATO developments near Russia. Russia has had enough of such nonsense. It moved to press the U.S. for a new security architecture in Europe that would not threaten Russia. The rumors about Russian action into Ukraine helped press Joe, 
President Joe Biden into agreed talks. After Russia had detailed its security demands towards the U.S. and NATO, series were talked. talks were held. I had warned that these would not likely be successful as the U.S. has shown no signs to move on core Russian demands. As expected, the talks with U.S. Monday failed. The U.S. made some remarks that would be like to negotiate some sides, uh, but none of the core of Russia's request to the end of the extension. So that's basically an outside view of what's, what's going on. As you delve into the news here, and, you know, our version of the news, it's going to, it's going to be obviously more U.S.-sided. Um, so the Russia has not committed to de-escalate on the U- Ukrainian border. Now, this was on, when was this story written? On the 12th, so that was Wednesday. Uh, Deputy U.S. Secretary of State Wendy Sherman said Wednesday, this is out off of CNN, by the way, as the U.S. acknowledged it's unclear whether Moscow intends to use the talks this week as a pretext to claim the diplomat, diplomat, <laughs> dog, if I could talk, claim that diplomacy, diplomacy, <laughs> Breaking A. I'm sorry, it's Sunday. I'm watching football, so uh, it cannot work. Sherman told reporters that Wednesday's meeting between NATO and Russia ended with a sober challenge from the NATO, uh, NATO, NATO allies to Russia to response to the opportunities offered uh, by the International Committee to de-escalate the situation on the border with the Ukraine and chose the path of diplomacy. Um, but Sherman, who spoke forcefully about the West unified message to Moscow following the roughly four-hour session in Brussels, made clear the U.S. and its Western allies don't yet know what Russia, President Putin, uh, aims <coughs> are um, following the diplo- uh, diplomatic meetings with more than 100,000 Russian troops positioned on the Ukrainian border. In statements Wednesday, Russian officials suggested Moscow could resort to military action if a political effort fails. That warning came a day after the Russian military conducted live-fire exercise along the border. As the talks this week, the U.S. has finalized sanctions options in the event that Russia invades Ukraine. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, before I read on, we're looking at doing... Uh, sanctions if they invade Ukraine. Okay, obviously they're setting it up to invade the Ukraine. Hundred thousand plus um, troops. We've um, seen. I, I've seen videos on Twitter and on TikTok. You see these different videos of troops amassing. You see satellite photos of troops amassing. Um. So what are sanctions going to do? You literally, earlier this year, just did the uh, pipeline with them in Georgia, uh, Georgia. <laughs> with them in Germany. So you're, you're enabling Russia to make money by selling its oil, you know, to Europe. And then you're going to have sanctions. I, I just don't get what Biden's doing and why in the hell... I guess the ultimate question is, and whether anyone's asked it or not, why? Why does why does Russia want Ukraine? I know Ukraine used to be part of Russia, used to be part of the Soviet Union back in the day. Is it kind of a thing like that's our land and we're taking it back? 
you know, I've had this conversation with people, other people, and we talk about like Taiwan and, and Ukraine and whatnot. And it's like, well, it used to be their land, so they're taking it back. Okay. I guess I understand that, but they're a sovereign nation. They've, they've declared their independence from Russia, from the Soviet Union. They're their own entity, right? And I said, equated it to this. Well, that'd be like us saying, or Britain saying that we want America back. Uh, the French want Louisiana back, and Spain wanting Texas, or, you know, Mexico. <laughs> Spain wanting Mexico, and Mexico wanting Texas, and California, you know. Russia wanting Australia back, or not Australia, uh, Alaska back, right? I mean, once, once those lands have been broke free and they're independent and they're a sovereign nation and they're seen by the, the, the world eyes as being such, you can't just decide you want it back, right? The, the biggest problem that we're running into and we've seen these issues, or we, we haven't seen them yet, but we've seen them in the past, you're going to see a, a false flag. So I've heard, you know, listen to other podcasts, watching the news, and there was a movie back, I, I don't re exactly recall when it was, I want to say maybe the late 90s, and it was called Wag the Dog. And basically what that is, is when the new, well, in this, in this instance, it was, I think the news media was faking a war, essentially, to get, the government was faking the war through the media's eyes to get the... Uh, the uh, country on its side of like, yeah, we need to do that. You know, and, and many people would say that 9-11 could fall in that same category. There's been different situations in our history. People that are listening to the show that are, you know, around my age, give or take, can remember certain incidences in our lives that would be considered false flag operations to get the, you know, the country behind you. Right. And you want to do these things. So let's let's just assume for a minute not to get off on a whole nother subject. But let's just assume 9-11 was faked. OK, it was an inside job. And surely people listening to this haven't ha have heard that before. This isn't like breaking news. There is that conspiracy theory that it was an inside job. Whoever those people were that was running the operation we, you know, we can speculate and we can name names that don't mean it's true, but you know, whatever. That's why it's called a conspiracy theory. But nonetheless, the idea behind that theory is to gain America's effort behind attacking the Middle East, getting rid of, uh, bin, uh, not bin Laden, but, uh, well, bin Laden was one, but then the fucking, damn, I can't think of his name. The guy from Iraq. I'm an idiot today for some reason. Anyway, um, but, you know, to go into the Middle East and assert our dominance like we haven't been able to do. My opinion on this is leave, leave, let us be us and you guys be you guys. We, I have no interest in going to the Middle East and being in that dirt. I have no interest. Why? Why do we care? This country... The borders of this country that we live in, we have a, more than enough of everything we need to sustain our lives. From natural resources, uh, population, infrastructure. Why do we worry about all these other countries and what they're doing? Um, I'll tell you one thing's for sure. In the Middle East, they just want to be left alone. 
But for whatever reason, we always find it necessary as a country, and we've been doing this for pretty much since World War II, that when another country does something we don't like and it goes against our beliefs of what we believe is right and wrong, then we need to intervene. And these these are countries that have been around a hell of a lot longer in the United States, and in their minds, they're like, what the hell business is it of yours? And really, I can't agree more because all you're doing is getting our men and women killed for no reason, for the most part. But anyway, so the false flag there, go into the Middle East, do what we did, set up situations of false narratives, i.e., you know, like the Patriot Act. No one even blinked an eye at the Patriot Act. And now it's it's there and it is what it is. It created the NSA. It created all these things like... You're on the phone. You say a certain word. You're being listened to. Everyone that's not even just people that are listening to the show because you listen to the show, you're being watched or listened to. We're being watched and listened to on a daily basis. This podcast is getting listened to by more than just the people that are downloading this on whatever podcast app. It's being, being guaranteeing it's being listened to by someone somewhere in Washington, in Virginia, in Langley, wherever. And that's cool. All I got to do is say thanks for the download. <laughs> But surely I say some of the wrong things, I'm going to get a knock at the door. I, I know this. So, and, and what I mean by wrong things, I don't think anything, I'm speaking truth. I'm more, when I say wrong things, I'm more talking about threats and, and whatnot. And I'm not stupid. I would never do that. But obviously there are people that would, and that's why they do what they do. But we're being watched, uh, you know, street cameras, uh, stoplight cameras, uh, drones drones you don't even see are flying hell just satellites in general constantly taking pictures you got google earth driving around your neighborhood you know i mean yeah oh they're just mapping the the streets okay what do they do before google earth they still map the fucking streets but now they got pictures of everything right think about it anyway so now we have this where u.s warns of false flags operations and i think um so this is this is off of uh, this is off of CNN, I think. No, BBC. Okay, so a Pentagon spokesman said Russian operatives were planning a false flag operation to allow Moscow Moscow to accuse the Ukraine for prepping an attack. Uh, Russia has dismissed the claims. Obviously, it comes a week after U.S.-Russia talks aimed at diffusing tensions. Ukraine on Friday accused Russia of an of a cyber attack on dozens of their websites. Before the sites went offline, a message appeared warning Ukrainians to prepare for the worst. So, in its it's situation like that, if Russia, let's assume Russia did do the cyber attack, why would they warn Ukrainians to prepare for the worst? If some, if you're going to attack somebody, you're just going to attack them. If you're going to cyber attack them, like when we had cyber attacks here, when the the pipeline was shut down and whatever, it wasn't it wasn't prepare for whatever it was like we need five million <laughs> or you know it was you're not you don't warn people when you're going to attack um like so i mean i guess you could say well maybe they're trying to warn the innocent civilians i don't know i don't know that that would be the case or is it a case where the ukraine shut off the the internet to make it look like russia did that you see what I'm saying? To get their citizens on side. I mean, I, I don't know. I just can't imagine that the Ukraine 
would in, invade Russia because that's what Russia is trying to insinuate. Now, if Russia, if Ukraine was to um, build up forces at the border because Russia's building up forces at the border, well, that's cool. I can I can get with that. You have two presidents there that don't want you intruding on their border. Gee, what a novel idea. Well, if only we had that in this country, right? All right. On to the next story. And not to just brush through the Russia thing because that's a developing story. There is going to be more to come on that. So we'll just stay tuned on the uh, Russia and Ukraine saga. So I started thinking about this. You know, the Winter Olympics are in China this year. Now, we, they just, I shouldn't say just, but they just had Olympics in China, in Beijing, same city, in 2008. So you're talking, what, 14 years between the two uh, situations. Now, the Summer Olympics, so, you know, if you guys don't know this, and I'm not trying to speak to you guys like you're stupid, but they do the um, Olympics every two years. So you remember back in the day, it used to be the every four years was the Olympics. So you had the Summer Olympics in 80 and then the Winter Olympics in 80, right? Now it's every two years. So they do the summer in 20 and then they do the winter in 22 and then they'll do summer in 24 and so on and so forth. So the 20, 2020 Olympics in Japan were actually canceled, right? Due to uh, COVID because we were all going to die and um and i get it it was uh i think the summer of 20 so everything was just kind of starting we didn't really know what the hell was going on and da 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 so you kind of understand why they canceled it right but and then they had it the next year in 21 so now in 22 you had the winter olympics so my thing was this okay when when and why was beijing given the olympics again cuz usually it's a pretty good like for example I have the list of all the Olympics here. Okay, so the last couple, or, you know, the, the I got all the Olympics right here. So um, in 2028, for example, the U.S. will have the Olympics here. So it, they're going to be the law in Los Angeles in 2028. Well, the last time America had the Olympics was in 2002, and that was in Salt Lake. So you're talking 26 years in between. And then, what was that, eight, 16 years? Well, no, I guess six years between Atlanta and, and Salt Lake. So, I mean, I guess I guess I get it. But this is a kind of a situation where it's very iffy. Okay, so in America, we've had them in Salt Lake, Atlanta, Los Angeles. Last time Los Angeles was 84, so you're talking, what, 44 years in between. Lake Placid, that was in New York. So... And for you guys that don't know this, it costs a shit ton of money to put the Olympics on. And it's not even that it costs a shit ton of money to put the Olympics on, but you have to build venues. You have to have hotels and restaurants and villages and whatever. You know, just the infrastructure it takes. And if, and if you have it, even like in, say, Los Angeles, which is a big city. Well, it's a big city with a lot of people, so you can't just influx a bunch of people to play games and not have have a place to stay. And some of these countries, when it's their first time ever holding these um, events, they spend so much money building stadiums, building hotels, and then it's all for nothing. Like in 2016, uh, Rio de Janeiro 
spent um, over $13 billion to get the Olympics ready, like to get the venues ready and whatnot. And they actually lost $2 billion. So between, I don't know if it was location or exactly why they lost money, but, you know, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, you're not talking a, I mean, it's a, it's not a third world country, but it's not America. It's not Beijing. It's not Tokyo. You know, that's a lot of money to lose. Um, but, uh, so last time China had the Olympics, they spent 44 billion in, you know, an American and they only netted, only netted a billion. So, in essence, now they're only going to spend $4 billion this year to have the Olympics because most of the infrastructure was already there. They already had a stadium. They already had, you know, the villages. They already had all this stuff set up. They probably had to build a few winter uh, venues, you know, ski jumping and whatever, you know, different venues. They probably had to make adjustments to some of the arenas to to have winter sports versus summer sports. But nonetheless, let's assume if they... If they spent forty, what did I say, forty-four billion, and netted a billion, so that means they spent forty-four billion and made forty-five, so they only profited a billion, right? Let's assume they profit forty-five billion again this year. Well, now they've netted forty, you know, a little over forty billion, right? My question is this, and I'm sure we had this question back in two thousand and eight, but why China? Look at all the shit they do. Look at the Uyghurs. Look at the human trafficking. Look at the human rights violations. And and I'm talking about no eight. It's even worse now. I mean, look at what they're doing with COVID. I mean, let's assume that this Wuhan thing and the lab leak and all that shit is is 100% legit. And I'm not saying it's not, but let's just, for argument's sake, it's, it's found out that it's true. Okay? We're going to enable this country to make 40 plus 50 whatever billion dollars for this this thing that they unleashed on the world you know whether it's real whether it's fake whether it's man-made whether it came from a bad or whatever i don't care they released it okay but their punishment is an olympic game where they're going to make upwards of 40 50 billion dollars now you hear a lot of people saying well the they should the athlete we should boycott the olympics athletes shouldn't shouldn't um, do it. They shouldn't. Well, is it fair to punish the athletes? I don't know. I, maybe it is. Are you punishing the athletes? I mean, if, if one country were to boycott, then yeah, you are punishing those athletes. But I think the bigger problem is this. It's even more than about the money and Beijing and China's um, you know, human rights violations and proposed violations and whatever this they have a epidemic going on in China that other <laughs> other than corona okay now this is the it's called uh, hemorrhagic fever with a renal syndrome so this was reported in the Shanghai province in China in advance of the upcoming winter games in Beijing so this thought I had this on here. Evidently, I do not because I'm a moron. 
Well, I'm going to play this clip here. This is from Dr. Robert Malone, and he was on with Steve Bannon. And this is this is the gentleman who's catching a lot of heat recently because of the um, the uh, corona, the 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 shot, uh, the vaccine, whatever you want to call it. And he was one of the creators of the vaccine. <clears throat> but he has this to say about the uh, hemorrhagic uh, fever virus in China. I want to cite Gert von den Bosch, Dr. Gert von den Bosch, a leading academic and industrial vaccinologist, who is my colleague, and I'll be doing an extended uh, filming with him and Matthias in Spain shortly, uh, just a few days from now. Um, Matthias, well, Gert has made the point now for months and months and months that vaccinating into a pandemic will drive the development of escape mutants that are resistant to vaccination. The, the CCP's practice has mirrored that of the Western world and has resulted in a perfect storm of environment for developing super virus. They're using the language that this is a hemorrhagic fever virus. If that's the case, then it would be very odd that this would be something caused by a coronavirus. That terminology is usually used for viruses in the family of Marburg and Ebola. So this is something that many people have feared is the development of a, uh, a rapidly spreading uh, Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus. I, but we have no knowledge of whether that's what's going on here or not. So we don't know if what we're dealing with is a further mutation of the uh, SARS-CoV-2 or related coronavirus, or is it a new threat that's emerging in China? So there you go. I mean... Like he just said, is this a, is it the actual hemorrhagic fever? Is it something variating, variating from the, from the uh, COVID shots? Right. Um, I'll say this about the hemorrhagic fever: it is a real thing. Uh, they've it's been an an ongoing. I think I saw where it was a, uh, an endemic is what they call it. What that means is like with the. Uh, <clears throat> With the corona crapola that we're dealing with, they label that as a a pandemic, right? And what the um, difference is is an endemic is is more regionalized or territorialized. So this is something that China has goes through. So you know, I've heard some people liken it to uh, like flu season, you know, for us. And not that we're the only country with the flu, but I'm just saying. So in late December, just last month, they had the outbreak of this, of this, um, Mar, it's, well, it's, it's called a hemorrhagic, hemorrhagic, it's like a blood disease, uh, Marburg's uh, virus is what it's called, and it started, I think, in Germany back in the 60s, they was the first outbreak or whatever, but in China, China, and that's like we joke about Australia, and there's nothing to joke about any of this, but where we say Australia is the new China, because China, like you ass down, they don't care. They don't care about your rights. So by now you have probably heard that the Chinese government has put the entire city of Xi'an under a very strict lockdown. Residents have literally been forbidden to leave their own homes without permission, and we are being told that this was done because of COVID has been spreading in that area, but there are less than 200 confirmed cases in that city that has a population of approximately 13 million. 
locking 13 million people in their homes for less than 200 cases doesn't make any sense. Could it possibly be the main reason why the millions of Chinese are being imprisoned in their homes is being suppressed? Well, we've seen videos of their, they're calling, you know, are they COVID camps? Are they these Marburg Vice camps? Are they, what is it? And if this thing is so deadly, whether it's COVID or Marburg's virus or hemorrhagic uh, fever or Ebola or, you know, the sniffles, <laughs> whatever it is, if it's so deadly that the government of China is not letting their citizens out, um, why, <laughs> why, uh, why are we going to this country? We shut down, you know, we stopped the uh, Tokyo Olympics because of COVID. And, you know, I mean, granted, we didn't really know a whole hell of a lot about COVID, and I get that. And maybe we know more about this. But this is still a similar disease in the sense of how it spreads. You know, it's not like a like uh, AIDS or HIV, whatever, was a, is a blood-borne pathogen. You know, this is still something that can spread. It's a virus. It's viral. It can spread through the air, through touch through, you know, whatever, much in the sense of how, um, you know, COVID is. But, yeah, we're going to have our, our people go over there. And could this be another super spreading event? Could this be a situation where, you know, and I'm not just talking about Americans. I'm talking however, however many countries are involved in the Olympics. I, I don't know that number. It doesn't matter. But let's say, you know, 50 countries, 100 countries. I don't know. Whatever. doesn't matter. Uh, however many athletes, however many spectators, however many, you know, uh, news media and whatever that are there come in contact with whoever that gets whatever, you know, the pig eat the bat, the bat eat the rat, whatever. I don't know how it goes. Uh, then all of a sudden athletes bring it home. News media brings it home, whether it's to the U S or Canada or England or wherever else. Uh, then now it's not an endemic, it's another pandemic. Is that, is that what we really want? I don't. <laughs> I don't know about y'all. But uh, it's very interesting how we're rewarding a country that obviously has a couple of different situations of disease going on. They obviously have an issue with human rights disease going on. They are a communist regime. I mean, in shit in the 80s, in 84, I think it was, uh, Russia, Moscow was supposed to had the Olympics, right? And uh, we boycotted the Olympics because it was Russia. And I'm not saying that Russia was any better or worse than China is now, but my point is, is we stood up for that. Why are we bowing down for this? Hmm. All right. So next segment is your favorite segment of the show. News of the Obvious with your host, PCGC. And this News of the Obvious segment is brought to you by Maker's Mark Bourbon. That's right. Your most favoritous bourbon from Kentucky, Maker's Mark. We are a brand ambassador. Please check them out and tell them D-Tom sent you. All right. News of the Obvious. Jen Psaki's a liar. <laughs> I told you. I don't even have anything on that. That's all I wanted to say. No, I'm joking. So this was uh, Peter Ducey from Fox kind of giving its old peppermint patty, as everyone's calling her. Oh, I got it. Okay, Peter, go ahead. Last one. 
Thank you, Jen. President Biden promised to bring decades of D.C. experience to the Oval Office, but Build Back Better has not passed, voting rights apparently not going to pass, and vaccine requirements that he likes are apparently illegal. What happened? Uh, well, first, Peter, I would say if you look back at last year and what we were able to accomplish, that include getting the American Rescue Plan passed, uh, a package that has uh, is contributed to cutting childhood poverty by 40%, has helped ensure we are moving at a faster pace toward economic growth, toward a record low unemployment rate, helped ensure schools, more than 95%, are open across the country. He also pressed, despite skeptics, uh, to get a bipartisan infrastructure bill passed, one that we have just, we're just announcing today, the fact that 15,000 bridges are going to be repaired. That was despite many skeptics. And because of his efforts, 200 million Americans are now vaccinated. The work of an administration continues after one year, and it will he will continue to press forward on all of those priorities. Yeah, yeah, he's doing such a great job. He just had three major losses this past week, and um, not to mention now you have a situation where, and we talked about this on the last show, where the beloved left wing media. Uh, fill in the blank, what, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, whatever, right? So this was off of uh, CNBC, and um, they were talking about the CPI, job growth, unemployment, similar to what Saki was just talking to. And uh, I don't know exactly who this lady is. Maybe they'll say it in this video. But she uh, she kind of gave it to him. You know, since, since ADP is uh, oftentimes considered in the employment uh, business, if you will, of, of sorts, and, and, and Rick made a comment, which is <laughs> yeah. right, that wages ultimately are sticky. Do you see a moment over the next 12 months where you're either not going to see wage gains or you'd actually see a reversal? Is that even possible? Well, it's possible, especially if you're talking about real wages, which are negative if you look at these CPI numbers. What I'm concerned about is that, yes, we've seen wage increases, but we've seen wage increases driven by labor shortages. The economy, and this is an important point, hasn't added one single job from the 2019 high watermark, not one. All the jobs that we have seen gained are recovered jobs that were lost. We are not yet producing new jobs. In fact, we're still about nearly 4 million jobs short. So these wage gains are coming on top of a shrinking workforce, and it's not being fueled by productivity enhancements. What's driving inflation right now is the input shortages and the labor shortages and not productivity. So I think that wages are going to be a false metric. It's not driving inflation. Uh, and wages are trying to keep up with an economy that is now um, feeling the effects of all kinds of different shortages from different angles. So, and I had said that a couple of shows ago, so obviously this young lady's a, a fan of the show. I appreciate it. I think her name was Neela Richardson. Uh, but nonetheless, these aren't new jobs. These are jobs that were there two years ago that people are going back to work. He hasn't created any new jobs. <laughs> what they are doing, the Biden administration, they're taking any positive wins, if you want to call them that, that, they're, that they have, and they're falsifying them in as big wins. The infrastructure bill they're talking about. 
the COVID bill they're talking about. Well, no shit some of that stuff was going to pass for the fact that you had Republicans and Democrats that were like, look, my state, my people need help. The job growth, the whatever, six million, whatever he's saying, jobs that he's created, which he did not create, it's because they finally opened up states and cities and stuff that they didn't need to do to begin with, um, and people went back to work. Those numbers still aren't where they actually should be. So when, you, when you're watching the news, for example, uh, in December, in December, it was factually proven to our listeners out there that there was only 199,000 jobs, quote-unquote, created that month. And that's good. 200,000 people went, went back to work. But jobs weren't created. People went back to work. And if you recall, it was actually looked as a fail because it was supposed to be 422,000. Now, why was it supposed to be 422,000 and it was only 200? Well, it was supposed to be 422,000 because those were the jobs that were open. They needed to fill those 422,000 jobs. Instead, they did less than half. Those weren't jobs created. He wasn't supposed to create 422,000 jobs. Those were positions that were open that needed to be filled, mainly because of uh, Christmas shopping and malls and that type of stuff. My question will be, everything seemed decent November, December. You know, jobs were being, to use their words, created when we know it was just people going back to work. But I would say November, December, people were going back to work because of Christmas and they needed money for, you know, presents and whatnot. I'd be curious to see what those job numbers look like in January. And much like I said in the show, I, I don't remember exactly, it was two or, two or three shows ago where we were talking about this. And um, I said, uh, what's going to happen when the jobs that were left because of COVID are now filled again? What happens to his job creation then? So you guys all know, I mean, even here in Florida, we have situations in, in different uh, entities where you go out to dinner, you go to the grocery store, you go wherever, and everyone's hiring. Everyone still needs people. People just don't want to work. It's not a situation that he created those jobs at these restaurants. They're still not fully staffed from where they were two years ago. So that's why they're hiring. Um, but what happens when those positions are finally filled? Now, one would think those jobs would be filled because they're not really giving out free money. So why in the hell these people aren't going back to work is beyond me. Unemployment rates are down because people can't apply for unemployment anymore because they've, they've been out, out of the system too long. So I think that's really the reason the number's down because they're out of the system. Now, if they go back to work, work for a little while, and then get you know fired or laid off or whatever again, then they'll be back in the system. But they're touting these numbers that they're a good thing when they're really just false narratives. The, the uh, wage, like she was saying, the wage growth is higher. Well, they're higher because you, you, you need people, so you're having to pay more to get them. Okay, well, that's a good thing, I guess, but much like we see in everything else, the prices of everything is going up. And it's not just because of the supply and demand issue. It's because 
those places, whatever it is you're buying, has to pay people more to produce the product. I mean, it's it's pretty simple economics. I'm not an economic major by any stretch of the imagination, but that's pretty much 101. If you got to pay more to produce, it's going to cost more to sell. That's just how it is. And then um, I'm going to have more on this, I'm sure, this week. But uh, I, I just wanted to touch on this one real quick. And that's what I was saying earlier about Australia. So <laughs> has Australia lost its damn mind? Uh, and I said this earlier when I opened the show, guys. If if you're the folks that are listening to this and you live in Australia, and I don't care what part of Australia you live in, um, hit me up with some stuff. Something more than I'm finding on on Twitter or, or our internet. You might have a different take. Even if Even if you just want to tell me a story about what you might deal with or your friend or family's have dealt with. Send me whatever you want. Like I said, it's on. I'm on Twitter, PCGC underscore 1775, DTOM, D-T-O-M underscore 1775. But just to make it easy, if you go to the website, don'ttreadonmerica.com, you can, you can interact with me there. You can go to all the social media sites there. How Whatever's easiest for you, please send me anything you have, anything you want to talk about. Hell, if you want to be on the show, let me know. All right, we can hook it up. So, I don't know if you guys just saw this, but um, Novak uh, Djokovic, he's not going to be able to uh, play in the uh, Australia Open. The number one tennis player in the uh, country is not going to be able to play because, you know, he's not vaccinated, doesn't want to be vaccinated. I think he cited religious reasons. And... um He's being uh, he's being uh, kicked out of the country. Uh, so, I mean, to his to his credit, he's like whatever. But this is I'm not a tennis watcher. I don't really give a shit about tennis. But that would be he's the number one tennis player. He's obviously good, right? <laughs> uh, without him there, I'm sure there's some of the other players are, are going to be happy, but. Are the sponsors going to be happy? Probably not. Are the TV people going to be happy? Probably not. That's going to be lost revenue for the sponsors, lost revenue for TV, lost revenue for Australia. But much in the guides that we know that Australia don't give a shit, at least it seems to be, we go to this. Now, this is from the Northern Territory. This is the Australian Northern Territory Chief Minister announces lockdowns for the unvaccinated. For people who are not vaccinated, lockdown rules will apply to everyone 16 and above. If you are not fully vaxxed, stay home. You are at greater risk of catching COVID, becoming ill and needing hospital care. You may only leave home for three reasons. Medical treatment, including COVID testing or vaccination. For essential goods and services like groceries, power tokens, medications provide care and support to a family member or person who cannot support themselves. You cannot travel more than 30 kilometres from your home when leaving for one of the three reasons or the nearest practical destination. If you need to go to the hospital and it's more than 30 kilometres from your home, that's okay. The only three reasons, there, sorry, there are only three reasons to leave the home now, not five. Work is not a reason to leave the home for the unvaccinated. The Chief Health Officer has also determined that restriction of movement is critical right now and that one hour of exercise for the next four days is not essential. Remember, these restrictions only apply to those who are not fully vaccinated. 
So there you go. Now, if you live in that area, or if you know somebody that does and you're in Australia, please drop me a line. Give me some more information on this. But my question is three reasons, hospital, whatever. But so if you if you work, you have a job, or what you have to quit, you get laid off, Do you? What, how does that work? Number one. Number two, how do you pay your bills if you're not working? And I like the part exercise is not essential. Um, I, I believe in in the realm of COVID, it is very essential to be healthy, to be exercised, to be in the sun. God help you guys that live in Australia, because if, if the whole country is like this, then you guys got a bunch of fucking morons running your country. I'm sorry. Now, like I said, this is Northern Territory chief minister. I assume, I know there's, territories are kind of like in America we have the states um I'm assuming chief minister would be similar to like a governor here I, I could be wrong I'm not not stating that as fact but god this is obviously someone that doesn't follow the science their whole point in Australia at least according to this guy is to be vaccinated if you're not vaccinated you are inhuman you are not a citizen you are beneath them you are nobody um but like i said what happens if you don't if you can't if you're not vaccinated you can't work you can't pay your bills then what they kick you out of the house but then you can't leave the house because you got kicked out of the house but yeah (laughs) i don't know well guys that's all i'm gonna have for today please like i said if you are i know there's people that live in australia listen to the show please if you could drop me a line send me some information if you like i said if you want to be on the show if you want to send me an email just go to the website, donttreadonamerica.com, and uh, you can you can message me from there. Uh, like I said, also, you can hit all the uh, social media links from there also. Whatever is easiest for you, I'm easily found. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Well, today is Sunday, January 16th, 2022. I'm going to go ahead and put a lid on the day, and uh, you guys have a great day. For most of America, as you guys are well aware, it's pretty chilly outside, so please stay warm. Stay uh, COVID-free, or, you know, at least don't get sick from the cold. <laughs> and have a great day, and I'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Thank you.